Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. It's Truth Light, and our show is The Light of Truth. And uh, today we're going to talk about dogmatic dilemma. And uh, this is something that came up a little bit with our guest, Robert Bowerly, yesterday, who uh, was talking to us about manipulation, uh, manipulation that comes from within and manipulation that comes from outside of ourselves. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Cough is still hanging on, you guys. It's kind of crazy. Um, and so one of the things that came up was the uh, the way that the dogma of religions can sometimes affect us and the different ways that it can affect us and some of the a lot of the clients that I have that come in seem to be in a bit of a dilemma and so I thought maybe we would take this show and just discuss um, discuss that just the different the different kinds of things that I see and hopefully there'll be some listeners you know it's funny because we have almost 13 well we have about 13,000 listens at this point and like 400 of them are live and so most of you all listen via the archives, so that's why we don't have a lot of give and take with the callers. Sometimes we have people call in, and that's fabulous. If we have any today, I'd love for you guys to call in and ask questions, You know, kind of go back and forth with me um, so that we can cover as much as we can uh, for those people who would be listening on the archives. You know, So sometimes it's that give and take, and you spark new inspirations and questions in me and uh, or of me, and... And so we can cover more and be more of service to those people who are listening later. So, uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about, you know, that the dilemma that a lot of people seem to be in at the moment as far as if, um, if it's okay to explore outside their religion. Is it okay to stretch the boundaries of what they've been taught so far via their religions? Um, and then also, you know, one of the things that I also want to hit upon is it's something that I went through when I was younger, and and I just recently encountered someone who is going through a similar situation in their own way and for their own reasons, and that is some people have had a very negative um, experience with religion and churches, and and so it's almost a a flip version of still having that dogmatic dilemma, but almost from the outside in, so to speak. And we'll we'll talk about that as well, because that seems to be something that's also holding people back, is um, almost wanting to avoid anything that seems like it might have anything to do with religion at all. And so the the terminology, the uh, vocabulary... Whatever it may be, the you know it. If you are using the word God or angels or whatever it may be, even though you're talking about things that are outside of religion, um, some people completely shut down because of those words and the experiences they've had with churches or religions. And so we want to talk about that as well because either way, whether you're you know you're inside a religion and and it's working for you maybe, but you have some other questions and and uh, want to stretch a little bit beyond that and are wondering if that's okay. That's, you know, that's something that's happening with a lot of people and, and the opposite. They're completely shutting anything that seems like it might have anything to do at all with religion out 
because of some bad experiences. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, (laughs) you guys do have me before my first cup of coffee, so it's going to be a very relaxed show today. (laughs) So I'm I'm just going to have my first cup of coffee with you, and and uh, hopefully we will just um, make it interesting and and thought inspiring anyway. So, all right. So I do want to encourage you to call in and talk with me about this. If if you have questions or comments, it's three four seven six seven seven one four four three. In case you're wondering. Um, Okay, so one of the things that we talked about yesterday and what sort of sparked me to continue on to this subject was yesterday Robert Bowerly was talking about um, manipulation and how to tell whether you're being played or not and if you're playing yourself kind of as well and uh, just how to spot what's going on with with the manipulation in in the different levels. Sometimes people don't know they're doing it. Sometimes their intentions are good, that kind of thing. So, you know, that's actually what sparked it because we did get onto the churches and religion and so on with manipulation as well. And uh, and so by no means is this show meant to fire anybody up or get them upset. It's not going to be, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not one of those uh, show hosts who wants to get everybody riled up and create chaos and, you know, that's not my style. So understand that all of this is done with very much respect to people's beliefs and what they what they find works for them, you know. So just know that going in, you know. So anyway, one of the things that has been coming up for me lately in the center that I work through in Sedona, Sacred Light of Sedona, um, and a lot of my personal clients, I do life coaching and readings and that kind of thing personally as well, and one of the main themes that seems to be coming up is, is it okay for me, meaning the client, to, <laughs> I'm yawning, you guys. It's a, okay, so it's, I'm up in my mountain cabin. I know I'm switching subjects on you. See, this is what you get first thing in the morning with no coffee. I'm up in my mountain cabin in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I'm in the forest, and it's cozy, cozy, cozy. My house is all nice and warm. It's very, very, very cold outside. It almost looks like it wants to snow. So <clears throat> it's just one of those days you want to just cozy up and, and just stay in bed. So I don't know why I just jumped to that, but I just looked out the window and just you just want to cozy up in bed. So anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place this morning. Oh, God help you all. <laughs> Or somebody help you all, I don't know. Whatever label you want to fill in the blank here. <laughs> Enlightened being help you all. <laughs> anyway, so people are wondering, is it okay for me to be searching outside my religion? Is it okay for me to come to a psychic when all my life I've been told that this was evil or this was dark? And they come into our center and they're just, you know, especially in my healing room, in my room that I do readings in and whatnot, I'm an angel communicator, so I work with the angelic realm in almost everything that I do. And and uh, so it throws them a little bit because they think, but I thought this was all dark and creepy and scary. And I come in and this lady's got angels everywhere. And, you know, and I'm kind and I'm loving and I'm very light. I'm of the light for sure, you know. And And so it throws them a little bit because they almost come in expecting to get angry and walk out. You know, or I'll have people come in and they 
they sit down and they just challenge me first thing off. You know, why should I listen to you? How do I know you're not dark? How do I, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. I always, you know, I'm comfortable with that because I've done this my whole life and that's okay. And, and I actually commend them for expressing their concerns and communicating them and I take time to talk to them and help them feel comfortable not ever trying to convince them, you know, and just telling them what I'm about. And it seems to throw them because I guess so many uh, religions are caught up on, you know, if somebody's doing this kind of thing, they must be of the dark. And and I can see where they get that because some people are speaking with things that are confused. They're not necessarily going to the angelic realm. <coughs> or to the ascended masters or you know they're they're talking with things that they call spirit guides or whatever and and you know you can use a whole lot of names for a whole lot of things so some people say spirit guides and they mean they're angels some people say spirit guides and they mean something that's in the astral plane which is crossed over and perhaps can give you good psychic information but is it necessarily walking in the light we don't know you know so so it's interesting to me when they come in and they expect to have a fight or they expect to have a confrontation and they don't get one, it surprises them. And, and it surprises them because they've been taught their whole lives how this is dark and this is evil and this is bad and, and what have you. But then, you know, I have to wonder, weren't the prophets psychic? wasn't you know a lot of what's written about in that book that everybody's so fond of is actually talking about the kind of things that we're doing (laughs) and so not to say that you know i'm a prophet or anything by no means i'm not saying that but but if it's okay there why is it not okay today and if it's okay to be hearing and speaking with angels there why is it not okay in real life and i guess i don't understand you know, I, I meet people and I see that they're searching. I see that they think there's something else beyond what they're being taught. And I believe that we're kind of, you know, at least at least me and my students and the people at this center that I work with and all of that, we really are tapping into that which they know exists. They just don't know how to get there because they've never been taught how. And so these people that come in are going through this major dilemma and I see it so often with so many people. They they don't want to leave their core beliefs, but they also feel like there's just got to be more. Or perhaps they don't they haven't found those core beliefs yet. And they're hiding in church because they think it's safe or they're hiding behind a religion because they think, okay, well at least, you know, I'm I I can say I'm this religion until I figure things out. You know, and so there's there's so much um, hiding, you know? And so I think it's coming to a time where the walls are being taken down and you really can't hide anymore. You have to stand up and say, this is what I am or this is what I am, but it's really not working for me or I don't even know what I am, but I'm standing here because I don't know where else to go or you know, it's just time for us to all become honest with ourselves and begin to allow ourselves to open up and explore in the directions we would like to. So just because you're in a religion 
or in a church that uses certain words or believes that perhaps they're the only ones that think this way or whatever it may be, it doesn't mean that that's actually the way it is. And so as you explore, <clears throat> you can if you're confident in who and where you are, then exploring shouldn't be um, any sort of a threatening kind of thing because you're secure in who you, who you are and where you're at. And if you're not, perhaps that particular situation is not working out well for you you know it's just time for us all to be very honest with ourselves and to begin to find those things that do work for us and and release the things that no longer work for us (coughs) because we're actually holding on to them out of fear and so fear is not an enlightened feeling, right? So when we are holding on to things out of fear, then it probably tells us that there's more to the story that we're not getting. So this is kind of what I'm seeing with people coming in from, you know, that are very firm in their church or very active in their church. And when they come in and they see that we're actually just talking with their angels and we help them understand that that's the realm we're working with and, you know, there's, we start to talk to them about all the things they can learn how to do and they start opening up about the psychic experiences they're having and how that's kind of freaked them out or their kids are seeing things and hearing things and knowing things and whatever it may be and they don't know how to handle that because it's that of the darkness and we help them understand all of these things. I'm seeing this big movement of people who are expanding and just kind of blowing the lid off what they've been taught and it doesn't mean that they have to abandon what works for them you know and so if you're out there and you're you're questioning things understand that you can the beauty about this whole belief and faith thing is that you can keep what works for you and then you can continue expanding and as long as you're expanding into things that are feeling light or feeling in harmony with what you what you know because you already know the truth inside that's the thing is like nobody's got the answers that you don't have yes they may have they may have techniques or practices or things that would enhance what you you know knowledge that you don't know yet as far as that goes but When it comes to knowing what the real deal is, you come from creation. Whoever you are, you come from creation. You come from the all, from God, from whatever you want to call it. And so that's running through you at the very core of you. So there's no way that you have to search for it outside yourself. What you search for outside yourself is a place that will allow you the space to look within because that's where your direction to God is. That's where your direction to source or creation or whatever you choose to call it. Your your connection to that is from within <clears throat> because you are in fact a part of it. And and so what's happening to those of you who are beginning to question and feel a bit of a dilemma is that you're awakening 
You're moving past where the churches have brought you, and that's okay, you know? <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, I'd be so happy when this cough goes away, you guys. I'm so, I'm so sorry for the, the rude coughing. Um, it doesn't have to mean that you walk away from everything you've ever had. It just means that in a very private manner, you begin to expand yourself and allow your light to shine a bit more brightly and you begin to gain more of an understanding of what your own truth and your own reality is. And so when you're beginning to feel that dilemma or that pull or that disconnect somehow or you're questioning things or any of that, that's your inner being saying, hello, we're ready to awaken. We know there's more out there. And so I'm here to tell you, and I'm on, (laughs) it's on the internet, it must be true. I'm on the internet, it must be true. (laughs) I'm here to tell you that that's okay. You know, if, if you've got a spiritual leader and they're pulling you back and reining you in and saying, no, 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 it's horrible to go search outside of this church, then, then you, really probably ought to be questioning. Seriously, you probably ought to be questioning because why would your spiritual leader be moving out of such fear? And what is the motivation for that fear? And why would they not want you to grow spiritually? You know, these are things that you kind of need to ask yourself. And there are things that, you know, you may find that it's, it's so funny because, you know, I was raised religious science um, for the most part, and so, <clears throat> which is um, the one that Louise Hay talks about. If you guys know Louise Hay with Heal Your Life and Hay House Books with Wayne Dyer and all of that, she's the one who runs Hay House Books. Um, she's recently made religious science very popular. It's uh, it's based on the laws of the universe, universal mind, and and uh, so rather than it being necessarily Bible based, it's um, it is a bit, but it's a different perspective I guess and so there are many different when I go to a religious science church I was looking for I thought they'd all be the same right I was raised in one I went there most of my life and uh, and you know when I was younger most of my life so 10 years or something because I was young um, when I tried to go back to find my own little sacred space my church was no longer there because the minister died and it had kind of broken up into some separate churches And I tried going back, and it was very, very different. And so I started trying to find different, I tried different religious science churches, and every single one of them was different. And I thought, well, how can that even be? You know, none of them were like the one that I was raised in, that I was expecting to find. And so the purpose of that coming up is that, you know, if you're, if you're, say, Catholic, okay, just because that's a huge one and and it just is what a lot of people are, right? So say you're Catholic and you're <clears throat> beginning to question if if it's really, really, really um, a very big deal that you're questioning things or that you're exploring things, perhaps it's, perhaps it's time to find a different church. You know, if if wherever you are, your spiritual leader is just really wanting to hang on to you tightly, 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 which is something that happens out there, okay? And they don't want you to explore at all, then 
then perhaps you need to begin to question what what's going on on their end. Why are they so afraid of you beginning to expand a bit? You know, and so perhaps it's time to start looking for, you know, if you're wanting to keep that church vibe and you're wanting to keep that space or whatever, perhaps it's time to either start looking for another leader or perhaps putting your spiritual leader in in a sort of a different perspective and you know whatever works for you again whatever works for you but but completely giving the power of your spiritual development over to anybody else in this world is probably a mistake because you are the only one who knows what feels right to you anything that's fear based is not going to allow you to evolve or enlighten because you cannot become enlightened where fear exists. Fear can spark the the motivation or the inspiration to begin searching for a life without fear. You know, and having no fear doesn't mean you go in and you do whatever wherever. It means you don't have that fear anymore. So you're not holding yourself back. Instead, you have faith that your instincts are one with the light or one with creation. And and so if you're walking into a situation that isn't good for you, you have faith that you're going to know that. And you have faith that you're not going to walk in to or be guided to something that would be hideous for you. And so as we release fear, we're embracing faith. It's not that we become fearless and we do anything we want and then we're just going straight to hell. That's really not how it works. So the other thing that can come up is, you know, when we're having this dogmatic dilemma and we're beginning to question and we're, you know, I I work with a lady that I do life coaching with and uh, usually my life coaching is 12 weeks. It's a 12-week process. But this lady, she's such a wonderful, wonderful lady, and she, but she had so much fear around the dogma of religion, and she felt so strongly that it was time to begin expanding a bit that she really went through this dilemma. And I think I've probably been working with her for like, I don't know, it's been over a year now. <coughs> and she has really released the fear, and she's just moving on in faith, and she is doing so magnificently She's the only one that I've ever life coached for this long because typically I won't allow it to go on that long, but her growth has continued. And and she's doing such a magnificent job of it, and it's such an amazing process to watch as someone actually releases that fear that was instilled by the dogma of religion, church, whatever. And, you know, the thing is that it's not, it's not the – it's the perception of the person who is teaching you. Okay, so it's not the religion that's doing it. It's not the philosophy of the religion. It's the person teaching you and how they're perceiving the words that they're looking at and the things they've been taught, and it really hangs on what their teacher was like. And and so if they're fear-based, then their teachings and their manner of handling their congregation is going to be fear-based. So when we watch people go through this process, it's pretty amazing because it's like this light just turns on 
And uh, if you think of one of those oil lamps where you can um, turn the dial and the flame goes up, you know, and you turn the dial and the flame goes down, <coughs> that's really kind of what it's like when you're becoming enlightened. You know, as you you turn that flame up, the whole room gets brighter and brighter and brighter just ever so gradually. And so that's kind of what I think about sometimes when I work with her because it's just like somebody is turning that dial up and her inner being is just lighting up. And it's amazing because before it was this teeny tiny little flame and it was afraid to shine. And, you know, and so it's a, it's a wonderful process if you choose to go through it. Now, like I said, there's also the flip side to that. And I was more on, on that side. Um, you know, there are people who have had such bad experiences with organized religion or Christianity that they're completely turned off to anything that talks about God, angels, light, dark, whatever it may be. Anything that seems as if it's connected to that um, that religion, or any religion for that matter. But it typically stems, from what I've seen, it typically stems from people who have had a hard time with Christianity. And so, you know, I was a psychic kid that was raised in Florida, and real Florida, you know, back in the day when it was still Florida. It wasn't a bunch of New Yorkers and whoever that were there and people from other countries. And so now it's kind of a mixing pot, but... When I, was, when I was young, it was very Southern, very Bible Belt. And, and so I had a lot of pretty horrible experiences with, uh, with Christian people thinking I was evil and of Satan and, <coughs> and that sort of thing because I knew things or because um, I saw things. You know, I'd see spirits or I'd see things happening before they happened or you know, and it just completely freaked people out. And so I really was pretty much condemned <laughs> to rotten hell by a lot of Christians. And so I really have had some, some pretty horrible experiences <laughs> with, with that kind of thing, you know. And, and uh, so there was a time when I was younger, I, wouldn't, I couldn't even say the word God. I couldn't even choke the word out of my throat. It couldn't, it just, because my experience was that people who interacted with this thing or thought this thing existed were horrible and and evil to me, you know? And if they couldn't see that I was all about love, because I've always, they always used to, you know, my nickname in high school was Flower Child, you know, and I went to high school in the 80s. And so... (laughs) It, uh, you know, it was not a flower child time, but I've always been peaceful and loving and, you know, just kind of take the high road. And and uh, so I never understood how these people could see darkness in me. And so I thought whatever it was they believed in had to be all kinds of messed up for them to act that way. And <clears throat> how could they say that they were this Christian thing that was supposed to be one way and yet they acted another and, they were quite horrible to a fellow human being just because I didn't because I didn't label myself a Christian, even though even though my lifestyle I strove to be very Christ like. I didn't know it because I really didn't I hadn't learned anything about Christ. 
it didn't matter because, and personally, I think that's the ultimate sign of what is truth. You know, I hadn't learned about any of these different spiritual teachers or prophets or, or any of that. And yet what I strove to be was very much like what they were teaching people back in the day, according to the Bible, you know? So how could those people look at me and say I was horrible and go into hell? So, for me, this created a dilemma in I don't want anything to do with anybody who smacks of this religion thing. And I don't want to hear about angels and God and light and dark. And I don't want anything to do with any of that because in my perspective, in my experience, those people were not very nice. <laughs> you know, they were not kind. They were not loving. They were incredibly judgmental. And none of that felt right to me. And so they would try to get me to come to their church and convert. And I can remember when I was, you know, my kids were young and we, we were going through a rough time. And, <coughs> and uh, I was trying to get food for my kids, you know. And so I'd go to the food bank and, well, do you accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Savior? And if I didn't say yes, my kids didn't eat. And I thought, wow, excuse me, but Wow. <laughs> In my opinion, anyway, that's kind of messed up because do you want to help my children or don't you? Why do I have to, you know, and this, they've done this all throughout time. In many cases, you know, I won't say all, but, but in many cases, it's, you know, yes, we have the resources you need. Yes, we want to be kind and loving as long as you drop to your knees and do things as we say. To me... That's not unconditional love, you know? And I know they have, they have their opinions and their perspectives, and that's at this point in my life, that's okay. <coughs> at the point many years ago in my life when this was going on, I walked out and said, you know what? I have no doubt that me and my family will be provided for, and I don't need to allow you to control me to make that happen. And... And so we were provided for. We always were provided for, you know. But it definitely put in my mouth, anyway, a sour taste for, for that religious manner of being. And so for me, the dilemma was more when I went along in my spiritual teachings and I had the mentor that I talk about very often that I worked with for about 20 years. He was an amazing man. And uh, he's passed away now, and <clears throat> and so um, he he used the terminology that people needed to hear, you know. And he taught me that it doesn't matter what word you use because you're only labeling energy. And so what happens is, if you want to reach the people that you're meant to reach and be of assistance the way you're meant to be of assistance, then you need to be able and willing to use whatever language they need to hear it in. So if there's somebody who was raised Christian, then you use the word God, you use the word angels, you use the word whatever. If there's somebody who who was raised more with, um, you know, that, that was completely outside the religious realm and then you use the words energy or creation or, you know, whatever. You, you kind of find what works for that person that you're working with or that group you're working with. And it's, 
<clears throat> it's not a matter of of anything other than speaking to them in their own language out of respect. And so for me, this began to turn my dilemma around. I didn't, as a spiritual teacher, I didn't want to work with anybody who used the word God, who used the word angels, who used any of that, because I had had such a bad experience. And I know that I have also run into many clients, many students who are the same way. They won't say the word God, not, not without a little twinge of resentment in their voice. <coughs> and it's, you know, it's a special challenge to work with them because then you need to help heal something that's been created that at least I understand where they're coming from, you know, um, because it's really just a word. And I know some people will probably be up in arms over that. But the fact is that something that big and something that amazing and something that is one light that all of all of us around the globe can tap into has more than one name. <laughs> it, it's beyond a name. There are no words. And so because humans have to have that little label for their own concepts, we have to put words to it. And then we just find, okay, I resonate more with this group who uses that word or this group who uses this other word or whatever it may be. But we're all talking about the same thing. And so we go into this dilemma of who's right, who's wrong, who's doing the right thing, who's using the right word, who's, oh, I don't want to be near those people because they're using that word. And, (coughs) And the bottom line is, We're all talking about the same things. We're all searching for the same things. We just harmonize with it when it's wrapped in different packages. So in this time of of dogmatic dilemma, because, oh my goodness, it's becoming a real thing. You know, the baby boomers are really searching. Their kids are having kids, and, and the kids coming in now you know, they're coming in already way far beyond where most of us are. And so they're here to teach us. And so they are just busting open the concepts and making people have to question things. When you work within just a religion rather than a a path to enlightenment, when you have been raised in that religious community, in most cases, it's, it's kind of like walled in. And you're not able to expand much beyond that, you know? <clears throat> well, how do you grow and become enlightened if you can't expand beyond those walls? And so for some people, it works. For most people, it doesn't. And that's not to say that they don't keep their, you know, at this point, churches are kind of becoming a social space. And so you go, okay, well, I know that I speak the same language as this group of people over here, so this is where I'll go. Or this is, you know, this is the group that I'll hang out with. But it's not so much your spiritual evolution anymore, because we're expanding well beyond the walls of religion now. There really is a big shift and a big change happening. And it's time for us to just allow that to occur and to understand when we're becoming entrapped or 
or affected, I'll say, just affected by the dogma of the religion versus really exploring the philosophy behind it. Like really, if you're Christian and and you want to expand and explore, wow, seriously, just go beyond the religion and just explore true the true philosophy of Christianity. It's amazing. You don't you don't have to leave your religion and the same thing with Judaism and and any of <coughs> any of the religions for the most part the philosophy behind what the religion was created out of is phenomenal. Now those things you can enlighten yourself with. Those things you can expand and grow and just become very deep and and you can release the fear because the philosophy isn't fear-based in most cases. It's when they bring you into the churches that they tend to instill the fear. And again, not all churches, okay? If you're in a church that doesn't, isn't fear-based and isn't instilling fear and it's fabulous and working for you, that's phenomenal. They're out there. They do exist. But I have to say they are um, the minority, you know, most churches are very fear-based. So allowing yourself to find the path that you would like to take to enlightenment is very, very important. Moving past those walls is very important if you're feeling that dilemma. If you're feeling the need to stretch and you're concerned about stretching beyond the walls of that religion or of that church, it's important for you to find that light within and to understand what it is that you're seeking and begin to allow yourself to do that. There are all kinds of, you know, now is a fabulous time to be alive, really, for your spiritual development. <coughs> because there are so many resources out there. There are so many people out there teaching things based on the philosophy of the religions, based on the philosophy of ancient teachings based on um, messages they've gotten from angelic sources. Based, I mean, it's just amazing the different things that are going on out there. And so as you begin to feel this dilemma, whether it be, you know what, I feel like I really want to search and grow, but, you know, if if you're outside the religious aspect, like we were talking about with me and and with some other people that I've run into, if you're outside of that um, and you're wanting to expand, but you're, you're cutting yourself off if somebody uses the word God or if somebody uses the word Allah or whatever it may be, <coughs> it's, you're, you're shooting off your own foot, so to speak, I guess. That's probably the wrong terminology, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, you're hurting yourself because of a language barrier. So we do have a caller that I'm going to pull over. And uh, hello, we have Daniel on the phone. Hi, Daniel. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I still haven't had my coffee yet, but I think I'm doing okay. Am I staying on track? <laughs> my coffee's sitting wow. here getting cold, but I'm talking so I can't drink it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, yeah. So I'm you talk now drinker, and I'll drink it. Uh... Oh, hey, that works. Um, well, one of the things that... Uh, that caught me as you were uh, speaking earlier was um, 
that uh, the the whole thing about um, basically anything that's outside of what is funneled through the religious leaders at the church being um, being of the devil or or bad or whatever. I'm just reminded of. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the movie The Water Boy. Um, yes. Not a real big fan of the main actor in that. However, I will admit that was a rather cute. Really, because I love anyway, him. The... He's hysterical. Oh, okay. I okay. love him. <laughs> um, but what uh, the reason I brought that up is the uh, the mother in that movie. Basically, everything was of the devil. Like he could <laughs> right. do anything without it being of oh, the devil. So uh, mm-hmm. I-, I was just reminded of that. That popped into my head as uh, as you were discussing that, and well. Humorously, and at the same time, sadly, that's not too far off track from um, what uh, what I was basically <coughs> thought of believing in the in the churches that uh, that I went to, and um, was also back in uh, well, probably uh, I don't know if you would consider um, say the early '80s or so uh, prior to the. Uh, the melting potification of Florida, if that was still back, uh, back before I think, the yeah, I think it's just the last couple, like the last five to seven years, it's gotten really bad. You know, maybe the last 10 years, it's gotten not really bad, but really um, not Florida anymore. Florida's not Florida anymore. So, okay. but, yes, I would yeah, say so. Um, I had the... Uh... I had a very similar experience with uh, probably the majority of the people that I encountered. And um, in in Sunday school, I actually asked a question once um, about psychics and, and whatnot because I was I was still really young. I wasn't even familiar with what being psychic was. And uh, the the way the answer was given, it was almost uh, it was just so. Um, <clears throat> So what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, it was it was so prepared in advance. It was almost like uh, there was an if then script that the Sunday school teacher right. was going off of, <laughs> right. and uh, it, it seems uh, well watching so-called political debates. Uh, although I try not to, if I happen to catch one flipping through uh, flipping through channels or whatever, um, it just seems so scripted. So uh, right. so unnatural, so non-candid, um, but uh, the answer that I was given was that, uh, oh, they're, they're all evil, their messages are coming from the devil and whatnot, and something clicked uh, in my mind at that point, and I was like, well, you know, the, and I was still really young, so I, I didn't have the, uh, the familiarity that I have now, but I knew that I had heard about prophets. And I was like, well, what about the prophets? Aren't they doing about the same thing as the prophets were? Oh, no, that was from God, whereas the psychics are getting theirs from the devil. And right, I'm and like, how well, do they know? Like, exactly. right, the prophets all would have been killed. Like, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't go there, but but <clears throat> that's the thing is, you know, it in a lot of cases, that's exactly what's happening, is they are getting the messages from the same place. And and. How can you say that it can't be possible if it's in your book that, you know, we could, yeah, we won't do a whole show on that, but we could. I'm going to shut up now. Oh, well, I actually asked that, and I got a, I got an answer that didn't really click with me, but it was basically, oh, well, the prophets came before Jesus, and then once Jesus was around, there was no longer a need for the prophets anymore. I was like, really? Hmm. 
Okay, okay. I'm not familiar okay, enough with well, the Bible to see if there were right. any prophets mentioned after that. But either right. way, yeah, uh, not to let that hijack the show, but... Um, yeah, no. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it just didn't click with me and still doesn't. So um, it, You know, it's funny because it's definitely still a little bit of a trigger for me. You know, I have to reel it back in and just go, okay, let's let's just not, you know, because there was, growing up in Florida, if you did this, wow, you were, I mean, to tell you, it was not pretty. And it's, you know, and it just is who I have always been my whole life. I didn't know when I was a kid, you know, it just is naturally who I am, but it just it just blows my mind, you know, how, how well, you can just, you know. Go ahead. Oh, I, I cut you off. You were saying it just blows your mind how... Yeah, we can just stop with that. It just blows my mind. So, you know, okay. luckily things are changing. I'm very happy things are changing, you know. But it was not yeah, fun as a I kid. Was, uh, I was, so. um, I've always been struck by the, uh, by the level of conformity that, uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to, uh, not trying to verbally poo-poo upon uh, every religion out there. Um, I'm not a big fan of organized religion in whatever form it takes. However, I'm only speaking from my personal experience, and that was with, uh, well, with a few Christian denominations. So, who knows? Who knows? There might be others that are, are well. Very and you different. know, too, you um, were with different. You were with Christian denominations in the Bible Belt. Very true. So there's, true. there's actually, there actually really is a difference because I also, you know, my family's in New York and I was in Pennsylvania for part of my life. <coughs> and, um, you know, there are experiences that are just very nice churches that people go to and it's, it's not like it is, like the Bible Belt, hooey, that's hardcore. That's, that's, you know, putting up the tent and having a revival meeting and heaven help you if you don't agree, you know. So that's, <laughs> That's a little different than than it is in other places too. So, you know, so we'll just we'll put that out as a disclaimer. What we're talking about is stuff that occurred in the Bible Belt with some of those extreme things, rather than you know, it wasn't like Episcopalian or anything. You know, I I wouldn't imagine Presbyterians aren't usually really hardcore. You know, Um, huh? But. uh... I said these weren't the kind of churches with people dance with uh, with venomous snakes and whatnot. Um, no, yeah, was, but I mean, even like Baptist, Baptists and stuff can be hardcore. Baptist, Southern Baptist, good God, help you! Uh, uh, you know, Southern Baptist actually was one of them. <laughs> yeah, they're scary people. I'm sorry, if, if but you know what? They won't be listening to my show, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I've gone toe to toe with those people my whole life, so whatever. <laughs> I was kind of hoping the reason I waited so long to to hit the button to speak is um, I was kind of uh, waiting for maybe a more moderate person who hasn't been so horribly turned off by by that experience as I have to maybe present a a more balanced um, uh, kind of like their end of the world. I don't want to make it seem like sides, but basically their experience of it. there's There's different, yeah, extremes. You know, Southern Baptist is a little extreme. No, it's not dancing around with snakes on you, but it's a little extreme. You know, it can be. Heaven help you if you're in the wrong, in in their eyes, in the wrong whatever. I mean, I've been accosted by Southern Baptists like I can't tell you my whole life, you know. Well, it was, um, it just, the whole time it struck me as very, very hypocritical because there mm-hmm. was uh 
out of one corner of the preacher's mouth would be God is all about love and Jesus is love and life and all this good stuff. And at the same time, out of the other corner of the mouth was filling all of this stuff about fire and brimstone and damnation and sin and just all this nonsense. And it's like, okay, how do these two things correlate? I I really don't see how... Well, and I think, you know... I think that's exactly what's happening with this, with the dogmatic dilemma is <coughs> people are going, okay, I resonate with this part of the message, but but wait, you just said this. And, and so I think people are beginning to question, and, it, and we're not really pointing out any one religion. It just so happens that Daniel and I were in the same area as these things happened, so it was the same predominant religions that, that were affecting the situation. But... But I think that's what's happening with people is they're going, okay, but this story doesn't really check out. This doesn't make sense. This, what am I missing? What's, you know, and so I think that's the dilemma people are running into is, okay, this part feels good, but then you toss this other part in and, and that just doesn't even make any sense. And, and so I think that's what's happening is this awakening and people are beginning to question, you know, but they're afraid to question. And so... I was really shown by Spirit. It was funny because it was as soon as we finished yesterday's show. You know how usually it's like two minutes before yesterday. As soon as we finished the show, I was updating the title and everything, and and uh, I I just kept hearing dogmatic dilemma, dogmatic, and they would just wouldn't stop saying dogmatic dilemma. And I went, okay, I guess that's the the topic for tomorrow's show, you know, and um <clears throat> and so what's happening is people are beginning to to do exactly that. Hey, wait a minute. How does this work? You know, what's what's missing out of this picture? And so Quality. now they're wanting to explore. Well, people are wanting to explore, but they're afraid to. You know, because a lot of a lot of churches do instill fear to keep their people there. It's oh, something yeah. they've used throughout history. <clears throat> so, you know, and perhaps it had its place at one time. I don't know. I, you know, I'm only here now. So, um for now, though, it seems as though, you know, I, I do know that faith and fear cannot exist in the same space. So how can you be in faith and still be in fear? That that doesn't really work. So you can, you've got well, to pick you, one, you know. <laughs> as you and Robert were talking the other day, um, one of the things that uh, that got me was, um, discussing the different types of manipulation, um, the the main two headers being external and uh, and internal, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I was wondering is, well, what happens whenever someone has been conditioned to the point where um, the manipulation that was external has actually become internalized, and we've developed our own little, um, uh, I guess, our own little. Uh, Choke chain, so to speak, um, that keeps our our mind or our, our spiritual being from actually going too far outside of the uh, the acceptable area. Uh, again, right. uh, as far as what the what the religious body would consider to be acceptable, right. Um, then there's uh, quite a bit of discomfort, and so I can personally relate to uh, what you were saying. Many of your clients have expressed because really there's there's this internal mechanism that's basically like, oh, no, I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't even be asking these questions, speaking to this person. I shouldn't right. even be thinking about this. <laughs> right. And that's, that's exactly what's going on with people is, 
you know, they've had that conditioning, they've had that to such a degree that the external has become internal. That's exactly right. <clears throat> and that's exactly what's happening at this point is it's kind of like this mass, um, oh gosh, what I keep seeing is just these people that have kind of been shackled and the shackles just beginning to disintegrate. And they're kind of looking around like, you know, I mean, can you imagine if you've been shackled someplace for a really long time, your whole life or whatever, and suddenly the shackles disappear, you're going to be a little concerned well, about going. Similar. Oh, yeah, it's probably really similar to what happened to uh, a lot of the black people after the Emancipation Proclamation was issued. Right. Um, they had been right. conditioned to where that was really all they knew. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's this whole mess of world out there, and I'm actually free to explore it. Um but I don't know where to start, so I could see where it would be very, Right, and maybe a little fearful of it, I would imagine, because Absolutely. of the experiences some of them had had. So it's very much the same thing. It's, it's kind of funny that you compare it to that, but, <clears throat> um, you know, I think that um, that's very right. similar, and I think that that's exactly what's happening on a mass level at this point, because the state of consciousness has risen to such a point where even if you don't believe in consciousness, even if you don't believe in enlightenment or any of that flaky, airy-fairy bull, you know what, it's still <laughs> happening. Like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to believe in it. It's happening, and it's happening to you. Whether you believe it or not, it's happening to you. And so people are finding that their world is just shifting beneath their feet, and they don't know what's going on, and... They're desperately seeking answers. And people who never had explored anything spiritual um, are beginning to really open up to things. And it's, it is amazing because it's like this mass awakening. And, uh, and it's really a beautiful thing. If you, <laughs> let me rephrase. Okay, if you've already kind of gone through the process and you're comfy with it and you're good in, in faith and everything and, then it's a beautiful thing to watch. If you're going through the process, it's from what I can see, it can be a little scary, a little tumultuous, you know, because your whole world is being blown apart and rocked and whatever, and and you're looking around going, I don't recognize anything that's around me now. You know, where am I? What's going on? Where's my normal everyday life? You know, and nothing seems right, and, and all these questions and all these things you never thought about, and why can't you just put them back in the box and make everything nice like it used to be? And, you know, these are a lot of the things that I encounter. And so people will come and they'll expand a little bit and then they scutter away. <laughs> they, go, they won't talk to oh, me yeah, anymore. Like you know. in a car. Oh, God, they're so funny. It's, it's funny because they come, they get as much as they can handle, and then, ping, they're back in their little, their little mouse hole and they're just digesting it. But then, you know what? Without fail, without fail, those same people will come back when they've digested that. And they come back and they go, okay, I'm ready for some more now. You know? And so the thing is that you have to let people become enlightened at their own pace. It's not my business how fast somebody else goes through that process. <coughs> so there is no judgment to, okay, you're here for one class or five classes or a life coaching session or two and then sing you're off, you know, and, and we don't talk again for a really long time and then, oh, you come back and you want more. Well, 
as a as a teacher, I can't have any judgment about that because they're processing as fast as they can. You know, their whole world is shifting and they're freaking out. And so that's a lot of what's happening at this point. And so I guess you've got about four minutes. And so I'm going to say, um, you know, what is your thought on, because I know you went through a similar process just recently with the whole God thing and, and uh just some conflicting teachings that had come about. And so as you go through that process, um, is there resistance and is there how do you overcome that resistance and, and that kind of thing? I mean, do you mind talking about that? Oh, just, we only all, have a couple all. minutes. So literally um, we have a couple minutes. <laughs> well, it's the shortest, sweetest possible then. Um, there is definitely resistance. Uh, the thing that's uh, probably most important is that the truth <clears throat> is going to um, the truth is going to be the anchor. So if whatever whatever kind of tumultuous feelings and, and upheavals internally and whatnot might be going on, um, whenever something keeps coming back to one core piece, then it's probably pretty safe to assume that either that's the truth or that's uh, kind of a stepping stone towards the truth. And I'm not sure that any of us in our, our lifetime here will get the entire truth. That seems to be just being such an enormous concept. Could be wrong. But anyway, um, with, uh, with all of the stuff that's going on, um, the cleaning out of the cobwebs, the, the racing thoughts and all of that, the, uh, oh, no, my whole, my whole perspective is being shifted, um, it's a... Uh, yeah, it can be a bit rough, but really, it just just breathe. Um, just <laughs> it's it's pretty much the same as it was yesterday. I just know a little bit more. Um, I've allowed my mind to expand a little bit more, and uh, it, I think I think the trick is basically not letting the racing thoughts ahead <laughs> of the uh, the calm, centered, grounded state. Um, just, just uh, it's pretty hard to put into words, and I'm sure it's different for each person. But for for me, um, it's uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, and I can't really come up with well, maybe a tree, maybe a tree that's rooted into the ground um, during a pretty heavy rainstorm, as all the leaves and all the stuff that's on the surface of the ground are being uh, being taken away with the water. The tree is still right. firmly rooted and nice. isn't going very far. So um, that's probably the, the easiest way to put it. Just find the uh, find the core, um, exactly. the, the trunk that's very well rooted in, and and hug that very tightly, and right. uh, just kind of let everything else wash past. And um, very nice, uh, nicely it, put. It you must have had a good teacher, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, all right, so we are down to sixty seconds. So thank you, Daniel, for joining us because it's always nice to have you on with us. Um, well, I want to encourage everybody. Oh, thank you, of course. Always open to topic ideas. You guys hit follow on Blog Talk to follow me, and that helps me out. Any messages that you want to send, send through Blog Talk or click on that Facebook link and uh, join me on Facebook and uh, message me there. And uh, remember, I do readings, I do life coaching, all kinds of different sessions. Check me out at sacredlightofsedona.com. 
mysticaltruth.com is coming along. Hopefully it will be up and running a little bit better soon. And remember holisticnaturalco.com for our friend Spring Rain and her gluten-free cookbook and line of supplements. So, all right. Thank you, Daniel, very much. And uh, we will see everybody tomorrow. All right. Have a great day, everybody. And uh, topic ideas, please. All right. Bye.